You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and not this time. This is an episode of The Mulligan for all of you out there. Uh, I am your host, Gibbles and Bits, and with me is my co-host and best friend, Dead Broke Nerd. DBN, how you doing tonight, my dude? I'm doing great. And that was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much, my fellow co-host and best friend. Oh, how does it feel to be the uh, the second half and and not have to to carry the burden of having to do the intro all the time whenever you've got this dead weight like me on the podcast? You know what? They call me dead weight broke nerd, and that's what I'm going to be today. Um you know, I love this. Uh, I, I'm just never going to do an intro again. I don't want to. I mean, you've already proved yourself twice, so you and Mark, you guys got it. I'm just going to sit here, look pretty, and be complimented before I speak. That's my favorite part, the compliment that comes before uh, the banter. I think the key is to not have a set intro plan about what you're going to yeah. say and just let it roll. Yeah. Let it flow. Just wing just it. Whatever, yeah, just wing it. Just Jeff Winger it. And whatever comes out, just, comes out. Just speak from the heart, mm. you know? I mean, really. That's what it comes down to. Speak from the heart and speak into the mic. It is a good mantra. Well, uh, it is pre-Thanksgiving. We are coming up on, it is Monday now that we're recording, so we are mm-hmm. a couple days away from from Thanksgiving. First of all, I'd like to wish all of our, our listeners a wonderful holiday Thanksgiving time. I hope you guys have a fantastic time with whoever you get to spend it with. Get some good food, get some good quality relaxation, and uh, hopefully it is an enjoyable uh, period for you. Um, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about tonight, right, my dude? We're going to be kind of going through maybe some suggestions about uh, some things that uh, we uh, we want to bring. Uh, we suggest you guys bring to your to your gatherings uh, some games. We are, as we're going to call the episode, armed and gamedrous. Armed and gamedrous, indeed. Uh, you know, we were thinking about this, right? Because because we're all Mark and Gibby and I, and and Mark couldn't make it uh, today. Um, last minute thing with Lux, but, um, but Gibby and I were, you know, we are big board gamers, right? And we have been for a long time. And you all know that Mark is because Mark and I have talked about board games on the Mulligan before for those that are posted exclusively to our Patreon page, which by the way, you can still go and listen to those. So if you are a subscriber on Patreon, or if you just want to support the show now and you haven't done it before, there is content. It's not gated behind a price restriction. So literally, you know, whatever the minimum amount is, a nickel a month or whatever, uh, you can go and listen to Mark and I jibber jabber about uh, other games and board games included. Um, but we're all we're all big board gamers here. But I tell you what, after you are into gaming for long enough, you go and you mostly spend your money on games that are exciting to you, the gamer. And what that often does is leave you with a game collection and a shelf that is surprisingly sparse on games that would be acceptable to bring to family gatherings, both from maybe the content, you know, uh, looking at you, Mark, with all of his zombie killing eldritch horror games, but also uh, in terms of um, accessibility. Right. And Mark and I have talked about gateway games in the past, but but gateway games is different than what we're talking about, which is games to bring to your family Thanksgiving. 
right? You've got your parents there. They're 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 running their their butts off trying to get everything together for uh, for Thanksgiving. By the time dinner is over, they are just looking to chill. You've got your siblings. You know they're in my case, you know, back from college. In Gibby's case, older than him. Uh, <laughs> well, my, si- <laughs> he's the, my he's sister, the younger. Yes, my co- all of he's my the younger child. No. My sister and I. Are all the, the cousins. That's right. He has cousins. I don't have cousins. cousins. So. That's right. I don't have cousins. I wouldn't know. Um, but, uh, you know, but, and then, you know, you've got, uh, maybe grandparents are interested in playing. Maybe you've got the crazy uncle, right? So you, you're looking for games that are accessible. And if you know anything about teaching people board games, the bigger the crowd, the more obnoxious it is to try to teach it. So things that you That's can right. teach quickly. So we've got the top three games that we would bring to a family Thanksgiving dinner to play afterwards. Gibby, what is your first game on this list? By the way, we're just jumping right into it. Yeah. Banter I, over, conversation over. I've already boosted banter, Patreon. Mark's darn. happy, so now let's get into it. Gibby, what's your first game? Yeah, I gotta be honest, I think I like the way that you broke down, like if I was to sit at a table, a circular table, and look around at the different players that I am facing against, my opponents... Because they're no longer family members. They're opponents now. Let's be real. That's right. I was like, That's we're right. here to win. We're not just here to, con- we're just not here to play a game and have fun and lollygag and shenanigans and other made up words. We are here to win and have a good time. And winning is a good time. Uh, yeah, but really, this is your way of enforcing, you know, that that argument over politics at the dinner table that never really got sorted out. And everybody's still kind of grumpy about. This is how you win the argument. Well, and also in recurring years, remember, like, remember that last year when we played that game and I beat everybody. This is this is this is a track record. When you see the same people year after year, mm-hmm. it's a track mm-hmm. record. Um, you have to assert dominance over your family. That's right. Yes, and coming <laughs> something that comes along with asserting dominance is. I don't know. I feel like I really like games that create a memory that have some sort of either recurring that you can create like jokes with or um, have a recurring memory of something funny that happened. And this is maybe a series that a lot of people are aware of, but has become more into the spotlight over, I'd say, the last year or two. Um, because of the pandemic and people being more distance, and this is a very accessible series through um, digital means, is the Jackbox game series. Now, if you're not familiar with Jackbox, what Jackbox is, it is a, I think there are eight packs now. I actually just bought the eighth pack that came out not more than a couple weeks ago. Each pack consists of about four to five different games, all of the games are played on a screen of sorts. You can get it for, you can buy these on on Steam. You can buy this on your PS4, your Xbox, your Switch, um, just your computer. It's actually on the and or the uh, the iOS uh, Apple Store, I think, and probably the Android Store. So it's accessible in a lot of places now. But you can connect these uh, games, and they are four to five different games where your phone is your controller. You just go to Jackbox.tv on Google, or uh, you can either search Google it or just search it on whatever. Uh, uh, web web browser you've got and it'll connect to you you'll put you the you'll put the four digit code that comes up on the tv screen into your phone and your phone is now your controller and it's a bunch of different kind of games there's trivia based games there are kind of skill based games that are in there um ones we have to kind of hide your identity and things like that there's a lot of different variety very joke based ones dbn and i have played together both of our significant others oh, yeah. and, and other friends and you can do it remotely, which is so cool. But so whether you are spending Thanksgiving 
with because I don't want to be under the delusion that everyone gets to spend Thanksgiving with the people they care about in person. That's true. There is there is definitely some people that will be gathering virtually, and if you want to spend more elongated time with people virtually or in person, you can sit around in a family room and do this, or you can do it virtually over a Zoom call. I actually did it a couple of days ago over Zoom. Um, you just throw share your screen over Zoom, and everyone can have hours of great fun. Um, oh yeah, these are these are games that are very accessible. They aren't they aren't crude, but they are uber creative and the they, they can be it depends on the you, audience your though. audience can make them crude but the games inherently aren't <laughs> yeah. crude um and you you can play them any different variety of games you can read about the different games within, within each pack before mm. you buy them each pack costs about 10 to 15 dollars i would say or uh, somewhere in there i think the newest pack costs probably i think i think it's like 25 because it's on sale right now for black friday but um, it, they are about four to five games per pack that are just hours and hours of fun. My favorite packs that I would recommend if you were looking to get one party pack three has some very fun games in it that are kind of word based association games. One called trivia murder party where it's trivia based and you're trying to survive and make it out of this creepy mansion. Um, one that's kind of a, like a polling based game called gaspionage. And then the new party pack, party pack eight is also very good, all very well-rounded games in there as well. So Jackbox games would absolutely recommend it. If you hadn't heard of it, it's all over the place. It's also on Amazon Kindle. I just remember that as well. You can, you can get in the Amazon store. Um, but yeah, that would be my overall first based game. DBN, what would you say is your top game to bring? Well, you know, I, I, uh, I applaud you for thinking outside of the, uh, of the Jackbox there because, um, <laughs> you know, Jackbox. It, it's not a, cause I, I immediately went, you know, uh, card game, board game. Right. Um, and, uh, I, I love that you brought in that sort of digital alternative because, you know, it, it is basically a board game or a card game, mm-hmm. right? It, it functions exactly the same, except that, you know, that you can save plenty of time and set up and tear down. Uh, and, uh, as we all know, whenever you have a family gathering and everybody sits down to play a board game, no one wants to clean it up afterwards. Right. So you have to end up being the one putting all your pieces back and, uh, and whatnot. So I think that's, that's a, a definite positive and yeah that jackbox games are a blast and, and, and i think jackbox with family games do the explaining for you there's a tutorial that's for true every game you don't have to explain do. the rules that's true that's true and and um and plus like with, with jackbox i feel like like people can drop in and drop out quickly mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. like if people don't feel like playing they they like ah, i don't like this they can walk away and everybody can just keep playing. Like it doesn't ruin the game if they stop in the middle um so that that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool aspect um yeah, so so my first game, and, and each of my games is is kind of like a, a little bit different. Uh, my first one is going to be um, called Chronology, um, and yeah, Chronology. So I, I picked this one because it, I don't think it's like necessarily the most riveting game for younger crowds. Um, but when it comes to bringing a game that you can get your parents and your uncles, maybe your grandparents too, to get into. It, this this is one of the best ones out there because the rules are excruciatingly simple and um, it is almost like a um, it's almost like trivia it's like a quiz it's, it's like a quiz almost and, and so the basic idea between chronology there's also another brand uh, that has a couple different you know smaller game versions um, called uh, uh, timelines which are sort of specific Um but with chronology, there's this huge deck of cards, and that's it. That that's all that's in the box. Um, they have double sides, 
And what you do is uh, you take turns, you pick out a card and you, you, everybody puts one card in front of them um, to, to start. And then you pick up a card and you start going in a circle. And what you do is you look at the card and you and somebody reads it to you and they say, okay, uh, this was the year um, that the Declaration of Independence was signed, right? And so then that person whose turn it is will look at their cards and say, okay, I have a card that is, um, you know, uh, the Fall of Rome. And then I have a card that is the... Um, um, the beginning of the the founding of the Soviet Union in um, 1922, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, and they say, okay, is it before 1922 or is it after 1922? Or is it, you know, and so you pick the cards and so you'll, you'll, if you pick correctly, okay, it's between, um, you know, 200, whatever, uh, BC and, and 1922. And you say, yep, you're right. It's 1776. Boom, here you go. And now you have three cards, right? And everybody keeps going like that. And it starts off easy. You say, okay, you know, when was the light bulb made? Was it before uh, um, Cheerios cereal? Actually, I don't know if that's the case. Don't don't at me. Um, but if so, it, beca- it starts to really, it's, you know, because you're always surprised with inventions mm-hmm. or products. Um, turns out Dr. Pepper, uh, I just found this out from when I played uh, last weekend played chronology. Dr. Pepper was like 1876 was the first Dr. Oh Pepper goodness. drink. Yeah. Something like that. So there's a lot of fun things in there. There's some like, you know, uh, there's some like wars, politics, inventions, people, uh, novels, literature. So it's very well-rounded knowledge, but that's exactly what makes it so fun. Right. Is you'll have some things where you'll, you'll have like five or six cards and maybe some of them are grouped kind of awkwardly together. Like you've got 1887 and 1896. You're like, oh, that is a tiny window. Um, But but people have fun. And even though it's competitive and you can add rules if you want to have a oh, you can now the next person can try to steal like you can add those rules in. And we've done that sometimes. And sometimes we just play chill where, okay you miss it, put it back next person's turn. But you win once you get 10 cards in your timeline. And uh, it's just that simple. But I I find people just, they can feel comfortable as long as they're not somebody who's, you know, as long as you, you know, what we say is it's a judgment-free zone. Mm. Okay. So nobody get mad or nobody gets sassy when you miss something that you think is obvious because everybody knows a little bit of different stuff uh, in in history. But, um, but, but what's also cool about it, and I think something that like, you know, you can get your, your older members of your family into is that they get to learn something. They can say, oh, I didn't know about that. Or, oh, you know what? I remember when this happened and this thing came out. And, you know, I, that's right. It was about this time. It's just an enjoyable sort of experience that spurns conversation. And that's what I like so much about it. So chronology and or timelines, that would be one of the, the, the first things that I would choose to, to pack if I'm going to a, a family, uh, family gathering like thanksgiving dinner it's a fantastic game i've played it with you um per your recommendation you brought it to a party that i was hosting and mm-hmm. we had it was all young a younger crowd that we were playing it with that were all our age and in, in their 20s and we had a fantastic time just being dumb and not knowing anything um <laughs> I mean, besides you because you're a history buff and you you know a lot of that uh of, of, you know it, it humbles history. me though i will say i will say with all of the random trivia in there like when was dr pepper founded with a history degree, it still finds a way to humble you. I bet, so I bet the first Dr. Pepper was literally you had to go to the doctor's office and it was just a guy with a pepper grinder and he just took just grinding <laughs> Dr. Pepper just grinding pepper in your mouth and be like, You're all fixed. Go home. There you now. go. It's served serving up some Dr. Pepper. Yeah. But yeah. Me as someone yeah. So what's who, your what's your what's your second one, man? I picked so I wanted to dug you, I wanted to do a variety 
of of games here. We're talking about card games. We're talking about board games. I mm-hmm. really didn't have anything. I guess the Jackbox is kind of fitting into my um, my virtual video game kind of sphere. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of coverage here. So my second is more of a physical game. And it's a game that has been around for a while. Um, very fam- family friendly. And there's different versions of this. Um, they've got like a Scrabble one, which I don't really recommend, but they've got like a, they've got different versions of it now that have different um, word banks loaded into them, but it's almost the size of a, like maybe the size of a, a Frisbee, maybe slightly, probably, probably smaller than a Frisbee. Um, i trying to think of something uh, comparable that you could, you could put it to, um, but it's like almost like a small disc size thing. It's called catchphrase. And it is a game where basically there are different categories in there. You can just say all and scramble it up, which is probably the most fun. But you hit this button you and you say go. And you are sitting all in a circle with everybody playing. And you count off just kind of one by one. And you pick teams, do whatever you want to do. And you, you alternate. You sit alternating from each other. And you hit this button. It says go. And it starts beeping at you. And there's a word on the screen. And you have to describe to your team what the word or phrase or person or or uh, noun or whatever it might be, whatever's on the screen written, you have to describe it to them without using any of the words that are on that screen. And you can pass it if you truly don't know what somebody is. You can, or you, you can, you can hit it and go to the next clue. Um, but once you get it, you pass it to the next person to your left who is now on the other team because you've alternated back and forth, your team and the other team, team one, team two, team one, team two. And now they're trying to get their team to guess whatever clue is on their screen. Then they hit the button and go to the next person. And that timer is counting down and getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And like, you know, as the beeps get, get closer together and get faster, that you're getting closer to the time where it's going to go and it's going to go off and the round is going to end. And you don't want to be the one with the disc in your hand. You don't want to have your teams with the disc in the hand when the round finishes because the other team will get the point. So it is a fast-paced, very short round. You play to like five a a game or like seven a game. There's a counter on the actual uh, device itself. But it is a very fun game. Try Everyone's kind of getting animated and trying to shout and guess clues and getting competitive, but not aggressive by any means. There are a lot of very fun versions of this game that it just gets everybody involved Everyone seems to know something different. And in some cases, you end up building a special connection with somebody on your team because you just lot you're given a clue, you lock eyes with somebody across that circle, and they're just on it. They know what you're thinking, they know what you're trying to describe, and they spit out that clue in two seconds and you pass that sucker on. And it is it is an awesome feeling. You build a lot of friends through this game. Um, I, it's, it's very accessible, very easy to teach the rules. I mean, I just described it in 30 seconds and that's about all there's to it. And it, it feels fun and fresh. It's not hard. It's not taxing on the mind. And just as chronology is, it's accessible to old, the older generation, the younger generation. Um, it's not like, oh, describe to me what the word yeet means. And then the older generation doesn't know what it is. Or it says like dab, dab on the screen. And you're trying to get a clue. Like there's, it's it's all phrases that are common or words or people that are that are well known. It's just how quickly can you do it? So I have played that game for years um, since I was probably in middle school, and they're still making new versions of it. That's how good it is. So it's been around for over a decade, 
I would highly recommend if you're looking for a way to engage a lot of people, uh, something team-based where you don't need a lot of equipment, you don't necessarily need a table even to do it, you just need an area where everyone can sit in a group in a circle, uh, I would absolutely recommend Catchphrase. Have you ever played yeah, Catchphrase, no, TVN? I actually have not played Catchphrase, but it sounds really cool. And now we're going to have to play it. Yes, we are. Next time you come visit, we'll play Absolutely. It. Yeah, you know, so so I intentionally left off um, a lot of, I mean, I, I don't think that necessarily Catchphrase fits into this, but games like Catchphrase that are like more party games mm. um, because I typically don't like them. Um, games like Pictionary, categories, stuff like that. Yeah. I, as a gamer, that doesn't do much for me. Um, and I mean, seriously, I will, I will politely throw a fit if somebody tries to get me to play apples to apples or cards against humanity. <laughs> I loathe them. I seriously just will, will not do it. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, there, there are, there, I can, I would limit it to, to one hand of people in this world that if they asked me to play cards against humanity and they really wanted to do it, that I would do it. I'm one of those people. I right? mean. You're num- maybe number five. Maybe you would be the one I'd be like, Gibby, do not make me do this. <laughs> I'd put up a fight, but I'd do it. Um, but but my point is, right, like I, I don't love those types of party games. So, so my list is maybe like that, like chronology is as close as it gets really to because to, it's more trivia, I guess. Um, but the next two games on my list are much more gamers games, mm-hmm. but they're but they are games that are easy to teach. And that if somebody, you know, especially younger people who want to to play and want to get involved, you really got to be able to teach the game quick or you're going to lose them. Right. Right. And so that's where my next two games come in. Um, and so the uh, the next one on my list, I've actually talked about in the past um, I, with with Mark in terms of like gateway games. But I, I think that like this is this nice little crossover because it's not just about getting people into board games, but really it's like even if they don't really want to you know, expand past, you know, learning this game. Um, they can still learn it really fast and good enough to play the game, even if they never pick up another game. And even if you're not trying to sell them on gaming as a hobby and that's ticket to ride. So ticket to ride, uh, I I've explained it before, but I'm going to do it again for the audience that isn't on a Patreon. Um, basically if you haven't played it yet, you can find it literally anywhere, uh, board games are. It doesn't, it doesn't have to just be a hobby shop. You can get them on Amazon, of course, but also they're almost always in targets or non crappy Walmarts. You can get them in Barnes and Noble. Like it's a, it's a pretty mainstream game. And that's because it is a good game for gamers Mm -hmm. because gamers can feel empowered to make smart decisions and really, you know, uh, plan out their strategies, but it is mind numbingly easy to teach. And the basic premise is you have a map of the United States, although there are expansions for other locations, Europe, China, whatever. There's even some smaller games for that are quicker, including uh, like New York or London, uh, which are both really cool. And instead of trains, it's taxis and the double-decker buses for London, which is really cool. Um, but but for the basic game, uh, which is what I would recommend, um, it, it, there's a map of the United States and all of these big cities and actually a few cities in Canada uh, are connected by these railroads and the railroads have uh, different colors or are gray. And there is a deck of cards uh, where you have um, uh, a, a big stack of cards uh, where you have colored trains. So red, yellow, green, black, white, pink, whatever. Um, 
And um, what you'll do is on your turn, you'll do one of two things. You'll pick up trains um, or you will play train cards from your hand uh, to uh, put your little train car markers on those routes. And you'll try to connect your routes across the United States. And uh, at the beginning of the game, you get these little tickets that tell you where you're trying to go. And at the end of the game, you total up all your points, how many tickets you got. Uh, and you know, how many, uh, if you do longer routes, if you do a six point route, as opposed to two, two, po- you know, two, three point routes, you'll, you'll score more cause you'll have to commit more. So from the gamer's perspective, you're like, Ooh, maybe I go for longer routes, but then I have to save up more cards. But for the new person, all they see is, Ooh, pretty routes, pretty trains, match the trains to the route. Easy peasy peasy. Let's go. Right. They may not win, but they will play it and they will understand what they're doing. And that's the beauty of Ticket to Ride. It's so quick to get them mm-hmm. going and like, okay, we're starting playing. If you have any questions as we play, you can ask it. But here we are. Here we go. We're, we're on. We're rolling now. The, the, the amount of times that I have a game that I want to play with people, but I spend 10 minutes trying to like get them to listen. And then we can start the game is just I, I it's the worst. So yeah. being able to say, okay, here's the trains. Let's start playing. Okay, first thing you do, pick up cards. Which cards do you want? I don't know which cards you get. Which route do you want to do? I want to do that one. Okay, then get the ones that match. So simple. So let me let me throw this also out there about Ticket to Ride. There's a couple things that I want to point out about this game. One, it's hard to luck into a win with Ticket to Ride. Yes, true. Which is a good thing. That's a that's a positive yes. for the game. As a gamer. As a gamer, it is hard to luck into a win, but it's not like you'll do horrible if it's the first time you've ever played it but you know what the the other thing about ticket to ride is that's really good for like bringing it to like a gathering like a thanksgiving game it is not so long that you could play it again it's repeatable and it's a game that like if you let's say you're a newer player which most likely if you're bringing it to a, a a gathering of your family members or something who aren't all gamers they may probably have never played this before. They might play it, and then halfway through the game, they're like, I understand how this works now. I wish I had thought about that before. And they finish the game, and they're like, okay, I want a full game of this where I know what I'm doing, and I can strategize. Let's let's run it back, or let's let's go eat some mashed potatoes and turkey and yep. stuffing. And and then and then and then <laughs> yeah. let's come back and after dinner they're like they're like thinking about it during dinner they're like let's come back I want to play again because that was really fun because the game is mm-hmm. it's an awesome game it's repeatable yeah. you think about it after you're done you're like oh I wish I had taken this train instead of this other train you can block people from like buying certain trains to like cut off routes so it, it there's definitely a strategic component to it and it's it's just really fun. It's it is probably one of the most well balanced games that's out there, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 a great game. There's genuinely in the base game, um, there's there's almost no flaws to the game. I I literally like with for it being just the base game, I have no critiques. And and, and to be honest, um, there's there are ways to mess up your opponent, but they're very few and far between, and usually not intentional. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, there are some people and, and I have a couple of people like this in my family that they don't like games where people are directly messing other people up. They kind of like to play solitaire games, mm. right, where the, I do my thing and you do your thing and then we count up the points. And this is that there's not a lot of interaction, but sometimes there are certain junctions on the map where if everybody's kind of coinciding in Kansas City, the routes can fill up. 
And so um, it's got a, just that slight edge of tension where you're like, ooh, somebody might steal that route before I, and then I'll have to go all the way around. So like it, it, right. it, it sort of bridges the gap. People who want to be competitive and want that sort of thing will still feel that tension. But people that are just sort of in it to kind of play and be part of the family event um, won't feel that pressure because they won't recognize that that pressure is there. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's this kind of beautiful blend of, of, of the two, in my opinion. Yeah, I might I might accidentally screw you up because I take a train or, or a route that I need, which you also need. But I don't want to let you have it because I need it. So. I'm sorry. Well, and it's also oh. very rarely intentional because you don't see the tickets that they have. Right. They if I'm going from have. Dallas, yeah, if I'm going from Dallas to Toronto, Gibby doesn't know that. He might see where my he sees where my trains are that I've played so far, but he doesn't know where they're going. So if he cuts it off, it, it it may be, but it's not intentional. And there are a lot of people out there that are just very against, like I'm screwing you over, haha, and they get you know upset. It feels like you know personal, or or they you know or they feel singled out. Right. And that's not fun to people. And this game successfully dodges that while still keeping a little bit of competitive tension, which I think is a is a really good thing for a for a family game. So, um, again, you know, you, you, you might find that people look at the game and say, oh, that looks hard, but it really isn't. You will get them playing quickly and just everybody is going to have a great time. So mm-hmm. so that's my second one. Gibby, what have you got for your, your final game? My final game is one that I've only played, I will say, maybe five or six times total which maybe speaks more to the fact that I'm recommending it because I've only played it a few times, but it is good enough for it to really make a top three list for me uh, of games that I would bring to a a family gathering. Now, this is a game uh, similar to what Ian described of it being a bit more of a gamer's game. Um, it's, It's a bit more heady. Um, not very much, but it's a bit more intentionally sit down, play, everyone's focusing and trying to keep up with what's going on. You're not having people walk away from the table a bunch and come back and, oh, what happened? Oh, what what happened here? Like people are just sitting down and playing and, and, and actually like having a good time and, and focusing on it. It's a game game, almost like a board game. It's called Flux. Now, Flux is a really fun game because – it is one, I think it's, it's interesting because they have so many different versions of it now. Now, the game itself, the base game and the rules are the same no matter what version you get. But they have reskinned this game because of its replayability in so many ways. It's almost like Monopoly now, how there's so many different versions of Monopoly where they just replaced the properties of Monopoly with whatever theme they picked. Flux is the same way. They have Harry Potter Flux, they have Friends Lux. Or flux. They have the one that I have. Monty Python. That's the one that I have. Is Monty Python yeah, I know. flux? <laughs> so because my and and that's what makes why I kind of think that this is a recommended game for a family because every family has inside jokes. They have commonalities in the entertainment that they like, or shows, or just um, I don't know, just just things that they have grown up watching or being around. Even if you just grabbed regular flux, that's fine. The unthemed, regular, whimsical flux. But for example, my family loves Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So someone gifted me one of the Christmases, because uh, it's the same people that I see during Thanksgiving, all of my mom's extended family. They gifted me uh, Monty Python, Monty Python Flux, and we've played it. And it's a fantastic game. So the way Flux works is uh, everybody has cards in their hands. 
and there's a magic combination of cards that are on the table that you need to be able to play in front of you. So you can play things or people in front of you, and the goal is to have the combination of cards that is the the win condition that's in the center of the table in front of you. Now there are ways for you to steal other people's cards. There are there there are other kind of goal cards. You can steal other people's cards to try and create other combinations. There are rule cards that'll be like you can't have more than three cards in your hand, or um, you can play two cards this turn instead of the original one card, or uh, you can't have more than two like people cards in your hand. Like there's there's different combinations of rules and stuff like that, and you can override other people's rules with your rules. Um, or if someone's getting close to the win condition that's in the center of the table with stuff that they have in front of them, you might have another goal card in your hand that says, I'm now changing what the win condition is. And you place that down on top of the win condition that's already out there and change the game entirely. Now people are trying to collect completely different cards. Um, or maybe you've got something in front of you and then you play this win condition card now and you've got two third, two of those three cards in front of you. So it's a very fluid kind of rapid changing game also not very hard to get into and understand all you have to do is be able to learn what three or four different types of cards are typically the rule cards the uh the win condition cards the little object people or place cards that you're putting in front of you to try to help you get to your win condition there's not a lot in the game that overcomplicates it to where you are struggling to figure out what you're doing for the first two-thirds of it with, with a good sit-down five-minute explanation, you're ready to go, and it's also got a lot of repeatability because it's very, no two games are ever going to be the same. Depending what cards you get in your hand, depending what goal cards are out there or what rules end up coming out, the game just gets crazy, and it's it's never going to be the same. Um, it's really fun, and, and people love seeing the thematic cards of whatever. So like if you're playing the Harry Potter flux and it's you, the win condition is you have to have Dobby in front of you and the sock, like people lose their minds because they're, because they're having so much fun trying to recreate these, these thematic card combinations from whatever entertainment piece it is that this flux board set is, is centered around. Um, but it is very strategic. It is a gamer's game. It is fun. It feels like you can, um, be intentional about the cards that you're playing and it's not luck based it is something that is a really fun game to play um, for all ages so you've played flux right i think you might have even been the one to in- introduce me to flux um I, I don't think that that i don't think i own flux um i had a couple of friends that did you know what's interesting is um i don't actually like flux very much but you are a hundred percent correct. It's a great game to bring to a family gathering, right? Um, everything you said is totally accurate, and and the reason why I, I I'm like not the biggest Flux fan is because it's so chaotic and goofy that like the competitive gamer in me has a very hard time like like getting into it because I know that like I can't plan. Like there's no play. You can't plan in that game because everything is just going to change. But at at the at the end of the day, the purpose of um you know, bringing a game to Thanksgiving dinner is going to be to, you know, have fun with your family members, create memories and, and have a good time. Right. And, and I think that for that reason, I think you're absolutely correct. Especially, I love that you, you brought up the fact that there's so many different flavors of it because like, you're totally right. And that like, 
a Monty Python flux might not be a good fit for one family, but they might get really into friends flux. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a, and, that, and that's the, the, the joy of, of flux. And so as long as that you can sit down and realize that like, as a gamer, like you just kind of have fun with it. Like, like just play the cards and, and have a good time and laugh at the interactions because it is a game and you can win and you can do you, there is decision-making, but by the time it gets around to you, everything's going to be completely different. And as long as you're okay with that, you're going to have a great time. And so is everybody else that's at the table with you because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is so much fun. It is. You like things. It's it, when everyone can connect around the the theme or the idea of, of whatever game you're playing is. And they have somewhat of a, even if it's small, somewhat of an emotional investment in like, I don't know, the theme of it. And they may even find that game and like it and get you a different version of it. Or you can gift that to somebody else, a different version of it. So it's it's a game that because it's reskinned, it feels new each time. Um, I've, I think I've played the the Rick and Morty version, and they do add little small rule changes to each of the different versions, but the base rules are the same. So it's each version is worth checking out and, and seeing what's new. Yeah, definitely. And and from what I understand, actually, if you're playing with more like a certain number of people, you can actually take two games, smash them together, and uh, and play with two decks at the same time. Absolutely. If you really want to get a big group, um, yeah, no, it, it, definitely, definitely a great call out there, Gibby. Uh, my last game is actually it's interesting because I went the other route, which is I'm going to take a gamer's game and disguise it, so the people play it with me. Interesting. Even though it's even though it's of the games that I've I've you know said as a as a especially as a card game player and like you know uh, you know CCG players are, are going to appreciate this. Um, uh, I picked Sushi Go, and hmm. Sushi Go is the perfect example of a game that gamers are going to adore, uh, but that at the same time because of both the fun flavorful like childlike art style uh as well as like the simple to pick up like and explain rules you can get pretty much anyone to play it with you at least once and you can get the satisfaction of basically playing a drafting game and that's exactly what sushi go is basically sushi go um you have a uh, a deck and, and you can actually get an expand like a bigger version called sushi go party where there's even more options but even just the basic version um there's like six different types of sushi and they have these cute little smiley faces almost like um i'm trying to think of a comparison almost like uh like angry birds or something like that but instead of it it's like sushi right and they've got little faces on them and little cute sort of uh, art art styles and stuff like that it feels like um, the animation from plants versus zombies Yes, that's actually probably even a better comparison. Like Plants vs. Zombies, that that's perfect actually. Um, and uh, and the basic idea is uh, you have different types of sushi. So for example, like you might have um, like sashimi, right? And so as you as everybody gets like a pile of cards in their hand, you play three rounds, and 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 just like any other drafting game, you, you look at the cards, you pick one, you put it in front of you, and then you pass you know your the hand to the left. And everybody else passes. You pick up the hand, and and you get the cards that they didn't pick. And it keeps going till everybody picks all the cards, right? Um, so if you've ever played like a Magic the Gathering or or Yu Gi Oh or whatever draft, like you understand. Um, so, um, but 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 each of the types of cards, and there's there's like I think five, like 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 between five and seven um, types. But so so like sashimi. You know, and you've got this little sashimi style of sushi and he's got a cute little face. Um, You can score 10 points, but only if you collect a set of three. 
Whereas um, you'll see that like dumplings, um, they scale exponentially based on the more of them you have. And you've got this big cheat sheet in the middle so everybody can look at it, right? Um, but what's what's so cool about it is it, it is gamey because you look at it and say, ooh, I already picked a, a stack of three sashimi. I don't need any more sashimi. But I remember that two turns ago I passed a hand that had tempura in it and I could use the tempura. So as long as that makes it back to me, I can get it. So you can see the gamer goes, ooh, whoa, I can do all these things. And maybe that's how I assemble the hand. But, you know, your uh, seven-year-old um, cousin who wanted to play goes, I like the puddings. I'm going to get all the puddings. And it doesn't ruin anything for anyone. Nope. She can go and get all the puddings and it's not going to hurt anything. Everybody else just kind of plays with what's left because that's how drafting games work. You always had that one dude uh, that, that would be in the, in the versus system draft and he would see the rare card that he needs for his collection. And even though it made no sense in the deck that he was building, he'd just take it. Right. But what that meant is everybody else beats him in the drafting tournament and gets more prizes because he drafted the rare and you drafted a deck. Um, and so like, it doesn't hurt anyone that they do that. So I, I think that that is like, it really, if you, if you kind of boil it down, um, sushi go is so accessible because you just kind of explain, okay, Hey, like you pick a card and pass it and look at the sheet and that's how you score points and leave it on them to determine how seriously they'll take it. The board in the center of sushi go or sushi go party is so easily explainable too, and so well like neatly written out about how the scoring goes with with so many different pieces of sushi in the game having different scoring methods. Sushi go party is very well thought out and written written out for players to understand at all times of the game what they need to have in their hand to score certain types of point. It's never, it's never confusing. Like the first time, I mean, I'm a gamer, but the first time I played Sushi Go Party, I wasn't lost at all. And same thing with a couple of our other friends that we were playing with who are, who aren't gamers. They were never lost. So it's a game that's easily, easy to pick up. It's, I would argue one of the most unique games out there in, in win condition and the way it plays and the scoring and, it's so, I don't know. It's just, it's so fresh to play every single time. And there's different sets of like, you can add different scoring like types of cards to the game. Yeah. If you have the party too. version. Yeah. Which, mm -hmm. which I do. And it's worth it too. Um, it's, I don't know. I love that game. You can play with three people. You can play with like seven people or however many yeah. people it lets you play. And in the game is great regardless. It is, it is a very well played, very well designed game. Yeah, and, and again, I think it all comes down to it's a great game for gamers that is easy to explain and uh, masks its complexity and its depth with little cute characters on the cards. Yep. So, <laughs> so that that's why that's my my third and 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 final uh, final game. So now you guys have it six options of games that you can run out and buy because this episode's going to come out on Wednesday. You can run out and buy them before heading over to the fam uh, for Thanksgiving on Thursday. So um, for all of you all uh, American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in. And for those of you outside of the United States that are not having Thanksgiving right now, happy well, Thursday. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're not having Thanksgiving because we're still thankful for you. Yes. Happy Thursday to you. Um, I hope you're enjoying work. 
not being, not having a holiday <laughs> off and enjoying, enjoying turkey and stuffing and everything. Go, go, good yeah, food. go get yourself a, a turkey sandwich from the deli, uh, anyways, just for uh, for us American counterparts. Yes, Justin, take take a picture of it, put it in Discord, and we will celebrate you regardless. Absolutely. Well, well hey, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Mulligan. We really appreciate you. Uh, we will be back next week. Mark and I will discussing some uh, LOR content, some Legends of Runeterra. Um, and, and kind of checking in on the game and seeing what's up and new. But in the meantime, like we've reiterated, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday, have a fantastic week, and we will see you guys on Discord and see you next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.